we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Starting out in Luke 22 and 22, and truly the Son of Man goeth as it was determined. So he's saying, I'm going to be betrayed. It was determined. It was supposed to happen this way. You know, it was just, this is just the way it's going to happen. He says, but woe unto the man by which he is betrayed. Now, if Jesus says, whoa, I'm getting up and I'm repenting. I am not going to sit here and still go through with this. And Jesus Christ just said, whoa. Woe unto the man or that man by whom he is betrayed. And according to most of these takes on it, Luke, Mark, Matthew, and John, it seems as if Judas wasn't paying attention. That's my take on it. He wasn't paying attention of what was going around him. So this conversation was going on. He told one of them, you know, the person that's going to dip in here with me, he's the one. And he told one of them, you know, so Jesus is kind of like talking and Judas, you know, just wilding anyway. So he's not paying attention and he's basically getting exposed and he doesn't really know it. Okay. And they begin to uh, inquire among themselves which one it would be that would do this thing. And then human nature woke up immediately. 24, 22 and 24 says, and then they all, once they started talking about which one of us would do it, strife came among them because then they started talking about which one of us is the best. So as soon as they start saying, I, I wouldn't do that, I wouldn't do that either, then they have to add something to it. Well, I wouldn't do that because I'm the one that so-and-so. And then the other one, well, I wouldn't do it because before you so-and-so'd, I, you know, and, and then they started competing which one of us is the best. And then Jesus said unto them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. So the Gentiles are the ones that have these crazy lords that lord over them and treat them, treat the people that worship them or follow them as servants. And they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. So they're basically benefiting off the slavery of the people. So they're enslaving those that are serving them as leaders. So as a God or a, whatever the Gentiles had, a Lord or whatever they had, they were the benefactors as the Lord and they were enslaving the people as servants. Y'all got that? But ye shall not be so. So Jesus is saying, y'all, it's not going to be like that with y'all. He that is the greatest among you, let, let him be as the younger. And he that is chief as he that doth serve. For whether is greater, he that sitteth at the meat or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth. So he's saying, I'm not like the Gentile gods. I'm not lording over you. I'm with you. We're all together. So nobody's greater. He says, ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations. And I appoint unto you a kingdom as my father has appointed unto me. And ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. He said, so y'all talking about who's the greatest. We all going to be in this together. And when we get over on the other side in the other rim, y'all going to really see your value and really see God's original intent. I can't go too far into that because that's 12. But you're going to see your value in that rim differently than you saw yourselves here. So y'all are talking about who's greater here, and it doesn't even matter who's greater here. We're all going to be a certain thing over there in the other realm. That's what he's saying, right? Then he says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, 
Behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. And the reason he said this is because in one of the other accounts, it was Peter that was saying he was the greatest. Okay? And as soon as he said he's the greatest, the devil heard him. As soon as the devil heard him, he asked for permission to really see if he is the greatest. And God gave him permission because God knew the test that would show that he was the greatest would sift that out of him and make him what he needed to be. All right? When sin is exposed, it should bring a healthy fear to others so they will forsake their own sin. Amen? When sin is exposed and folks are busted in some sin, you should not be running around telling folks that. Mm -hmm. See, y'all heard about him. Y'all heard about him. You come tell me that, I'm praying. Uh, yeah, well, Lord, help him and help me because I need help too. That should be your response. You're going to forget everything you've done when somebody else gets busted. I'm just the opposite. It makes me reminisce. <laughs> yes, thank you, Lord, for excusing that that I did. You see, folk in here too save and lung lock, ling lock. Too save. They too save. They don't understand. Nah, man. You don't be glorying in somebody's failure. Like you have never failed. Amen. So when sin is exposed, everybody's supposed to get scared. That's why some things, you know, we deal with privately, whatever, especially the size of this church. We pretty much have to deal with everything privately. But when we was a little smaller, some jumped off at ABC, man, we had to line the elders up. I had to deal with it in front of everybody because the church was small and they wouldn't have survived it. Because the people that left here started putting their mouth on the, on, on the preacher and trying to change people's perspective of the preacher. That'll get you killed spiritually. Like you'll never survive that. There are people that left this church because of what they said. And they're lost, like lost, lost. So it had to be dealt with publicly, line up the elders, and I had to finger them and call their name out while they were sitting in here. And I remember that, and nobody looked back to see who I was talking about. <laughs> nobody. Security went back there and stood by them, and nobody looked back. Most folk in here don't even know who it was because you didn't look back because you were scared. And you should have been. Sin does that. You expose sin. <laughs> See, that's the problem with this generation. They don't have that healthy fear. Man, you better keep a healthy fear. You know, some stuff when you was young, you didn't do it just because you were scared that somebody was going to find out. As much as you want to, nah, man, I can't do that. I'm telling you, man, when the, when the sheets start getting pulled back, Lord, just give me my little piece, cover my foot or something. I ain't trying to be in that. Lord, forgive me. I will never get too high and mighty to ask for forgiveness. That don't mean I'm out here just wilding now. Don't, don't, don't give that clap. Amen. Because every night, what's that song there, Yancy Sug? Every time I try to do the right thing, I always end up doing the wrong thing. Brother, you going to hell. If you always
always end up doing the wrong thing, you're not saved. You're not saved. <laughs> don't you sing? We don't sing that song in here. First Timothy 5 and 20. <laughs> Them that sin, rebuke before who? All that the others what? The others may what? What word does the Bible use? Fear. So this is why Jesus was doing it at the table. He's like, man, I'm going to bust Judas out. So the others will be afraid. Jesus exposed the sin of betrayal so that the others would learn that it doesn't matter who you are and how good you are in this life. Evil is what? <laughs> Jesus is like, man, I'm Jesus Christ. And I got to deal with evil right here with me. About to cut my head and betray me. Chop my hands off. Dude is going to betray me with a kiss right here after all I've done for him, after helping him, after blessing his life, changing his life, making him one of us. Telling him that I'm, I'm, I'm preparing a kingdom for them just for being with me. And this dude is going to betray me? He's letting them know, man, it don't matter who you are. The devil is always there. Amen? Don't get surprised, y'all. Don't get, you know, that's, that's, I thank God finally at 48 years old. I have aged to the place now where I'm no longer surprised when folks stab me in the back. Not surprised anymore. I used to be just a few years ago. It would, oh, what? Why? But now, okay, Jesus, I see. But people will get in themselves. But the real thing is when a devil wants to get you, he's going to get a devil. To get you. So if they have the devil in them, he's going to use them. And people's true motive always shows when the devil pulls their card. That's why God wasn't afraid when, that's why uh, uh, Christ wasn't afraid when Peter's number came up. Peter's number came up. The devil is going to sift you like wheat. Jesus wasn't worried about it. He's like, because Peter's going to make it. But some folks, you sift them like wheat, there's nothing left. Because there was nothing there in the beginning. Yeah. Romans 7 and 21. I find then a law that when I would do good, what? Paul says there's a law that whenever I'm doing good, evil is present with me. I'm doing good, but evil just, man, evil's not going anywhere. You're going to have to deal with evil. Amen? You can run from these messages, but man, you still going to deal with evil. As we attempt to live righteous, jealousy and envy will always enter certain ones around us in order to discourage us and ultimately what? Destroy us. There are people around you that want to destroy you because you're doing good and they're not. And instead of them, like I told you last week, instead of them trying to do better, they'd rather just get rid of the better. I like, the, I like where I am, so I'm getting rid of the standard that's above me. That's why they go to church. I'm telling you, that's why they go to these churches where nothing is being preached. You don't think they know nothing is being preached? They picked that church for that reason. You try to tell them, man, but your pastor, man, he ain't talking about nothing. What are you talking about? He's one of the greatest preachers. Man, did you hear him? <laughs> they wouldn't let him on TV if he wasn't good. What? You'd be like, what? Yeah, man, all the movie stars like him. I mean, why would the movie stars like him if he wasn't good? What? 
All the rappers, all of them, they always at his church. Everybody, I mean, man, you, one Sunday, it might be uh, Sam Jackson and all this, man. One Sunday, I mean, it might be uh, uh, DiCaprio. They all come, man. How you going to say he's he not teaching a word, man? What's making all these people come? You'd be like, oh, okay, then. You know what that means? That means that they want to be there. Why come where the word is going to challenge them to change if they can go where they don't ever have to change? John 13 and 2. And the supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to do what? Who put it in the heart? The devil put it in his heart to betray Jesus. Sitting there eating with him. Sit, man. He wants to destroy Jesus. That's what betrayal was. He wasn't betraying him just to do him wrong. But like he hit him and ran. No, he was betraying him to kill him. He wanted him dead. He didn't do it for the money. He didn't do it for, y'all think he did it for the money? You think he would do that for, no, he wanted him out of there. Because what he was preaching was bothering him. You can only live close to somebody that's preaching against you for a season. Eventually, you'll begin to hate them. We must be careful not to allow the flaws of those that harm us to make us feel better than they are. This is the mistake the disciples made. So now, they're looking at Judas like Judas is wilding out. But, you know, we're better than him. I mean, you know, we, we no, nah, man, he may be bad in that area of betrayal, but you bad in some areas too. Ooh, I just preached. Galatians 6 and 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, doing what? Man, considering yourself, lest you also be what? So that's where the disciples messed up. Instead of them talking about which one of us is the best, they all should have hit their knees and been like, Lord, if it ain't me, whoever it is, let's pray for him. And whatever I'm bad in, Lord, reveal it so I can fix it. So Jesus was trying to tell them, y'all sit up here worried about the sin of betrayal. What about the other stuff? What about the pride that's lifting y'all up right now? Don't you know pride is what leads to betrayal? Just because we are stronger in some areas doesn't mean we are better than them overall. We are all flawed and need the grace of God. Amen? So just because you got the creation rolled down, you don't go kicking folks that don't have it. Because you need to hush your gossiping mouth. Creation roll. Yeah, you creation roll and talking about everybody else that's not. Get somewhere and shut up. Yeah, oh, you got the prayer life together. and Oh, you can pray a, a, a mist in the room. But you can't keep your business off Facebook. Yeah, you got a problem making your husband look bad and talking about your house and junk on, online. That's betrayal. That's just as bad. Yeah, don't be fingering folks with issues and you have them too. Get somewhere and pray for them and you. Before the flying foot of rebuke comes and kicks you. And the... That's what always happened, man. 
You got to be careful. Oh, you got to be careful, man. You got to be careful. There's certain things ain't coming out my mouth. Folks start telling me this preacher, man, this happened to people. <laughs> I ain't saying not that. Man, did you hear about so and so? No. Amen. No, man, I'm, I pray for him. And I pray for you, man, but I ain't gonna sit up and talk your business like that. <laughs> you see, they kids. Oh, they kids bad. Uh, well, I have kids, so I'm just gonna wait this out. I'm trying my best with mine. I'm trying to raise them the right way and all that, but I ain't finna brag on them and put them over nobody's kids. Are you kidding? The minute you put your mouth on kids, something will jump in your child and you won't recognize it. I learned that, boy. Oh, man, I had a whole preacher tell me that. To keep your mouth off folks' kids. He said, talk about the adult if you have to talk about somebody, but don't talk about the child. Especially if you have some. When you see children wild out in folks' houses, you go look at yours, gather them up, and throwing holy water, all every mix it all. Man, if I could just keep my children, they'll shame you. That's what Proverbs said, man. You better hush. Amen. Don't put kids down, Jack. Lord, bless them and help them. Vicky, Landon, and Jonathan, too. <laughs> Amen. I mean, I thank God I got some good kids, but I ain't comparing them to nobody. We're all flawed, and we need the grace of God. Romans 3 and 10, that is written, as it is written, there is none righteous. How many? How many is righteous? Not one. So, hush. Look at somebody and say, hush. You can't gossip and talk about nothing because you're not righteous. The Bible said you're not. That's the, you know, that a lot of those holiness churches back in the day, them Pentecostals, but you thought some of them folks were perfect. Perfect. And they'd be the woman whose husband will, won't even drive by the church. He's allergic to the church. But she's perfect. If she was perfect, he'd be there. Matter of fact, if she was perfect, neither one of them would be there. <laughs> They'd be somewhere else. Because the church they in is crazy for letting her act like she's perfect. Hey, walk around here and act like you're perfect. I'm going to talk about you in this mic. My brother, I just can't relate to what you're saying. Because I just really never sin. I just don't really, I just really don't ever really err. <laughs> Let's use the biblical tense. I just, I just don't be walking around here erring. <laughs> you just erred when you said that. Get somewhere and hush. And why would you want to look perfect? And they get saver and saver. I mean, just saved to the point to where they just floating and got all the medallions. And man, you got all the religion medallions on rings and just all the, the trappings and walking around with a hymnal all the time and a bible well you got the hymnal oh it has a cross on the front I just, the, the black heritage bible just because it's bigger you think it's more powerful you got the big white black heritage with black jesus on the front and the transparency that puts him on and off the cross smash flowers and 
programs going everywhere when you walk by. All the funeral, <laughs> a trail of death. <laughs> I remember that Black Heritage Bible. See, y'all didn't grow up like every house had it when I was growing up. We had one, we had the transparency. Boy, we sit there for just Jesus on the cross. Now he's off. He's on the cross. You remember that? It's like a, it was a transparency, like a little film. And when you moved it, it changed the picture. You, boy, y'all don't see. Just because we are strong in some areas, man, you can't put people down because you got some issues too. The disciples of Jesus felt they were above betrayal. However, in the latter days, most of them betrayed Christ. Pride always comes what? Before, before fall. So Jesus, with his love, he heard Peter talking crazy. I'm the best. I'm this, this, this. And Jesus was like, man, I, I got to deal with this. Devil said, can I get him? Yeah, you can, yeah, you can get him because I need you to work this out of him. Devil was like, no, nah, I'm going to kill him. Jesus was like, we'll see. Pride always comes before fall. Proverbs 18 and 12. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. And before honor, before he's honored, he must be humbled. Amen. Once Peter lifted himself up in pride, Christ saw the devil's request for him and warned him. Proverbs 16 and 18, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Living for the opinions of others is the catalyst for the enemy to fill our hearts with pride and make us compromise just to do what? That's the issue. Don't live for the opinions of other people. You know, when you don't live for the opinions of other people, you're moldable. See, God can take you no matter what condition you're in. He can bend you. He can move you. He can stretch you. He can squeeze you. And you won't care because you don't worry about what others are thinking. But if you live for the opinions of people, certain things he wants to do, he can't do because you won't do it because people are watching. So to make you compromise just to keep up appearances, you'll compromise your home, you'll compromise your children, you'll compromise the safety, you'll compromise your relationship, worried about what other people might say. Proverbs 29 and 25. The fear of man does what? You know what that means? The fear, your fear of what somebody's going to think puts you in a snare. You're in a trap. You are trapped. Can't get rid of them. Can't get them out your life. Can't get away from their opinion. You can't tell them the truth. You can't even live truth around them. You're in a snare. You're in a trap. That's what a snare is. You're in a trap because you're living. You fear their opinion. You're afraid of what they might think of you. The fear of man brings a trap. But whosoever putteth his trust in the Lord shall be what? Safe. Man, the word will preach all by itself. I could have just read that passage. 
The devil begins to sift us when we are lifted up in pride. If we remain unrepentant, he will sift us until there is nothing left to salvage. You'll be all chafe and no wheat. Summary! Wheat sifting is a vigorous process. In the days of Jesus, wheat had to be threshed, meaning beaten on the floor to loosen the grain from the chafe. So this is the way they did it. That was the whole threshing. Remember the threshing floor era in the 90s? Juanita Bonham and all the, you know, she said she lived and slept on the threshing floor. And remember Robert Tilton, though, I have a nervous condition because I sleep on all the prayers and the ink from the papers has gotten into my nervous system. Y'all remember he said that? Y'all remember that? He said, because, you know, when he talked, he, you know, and so somebody was interviewing him, asked him, why you, you, you what, what's wrong with you? Said, so, well, it's all the years of sleeping on the prayers, you know, all the prayers that come in that people wrote that spread them out and I lay on them and I roll in them and I call on them and all the ink has gotten in my system. So, I mean, shouldn't you be blue? And won't you stop doing that? Just have somebody, you got the money, just pay somebody to read them. So after they would beat it on the floor to loosen the grain, then it was thrown in the air so that the chafe would blow in the wind and the wheat would fall to the ground. So this is the way they basically um, sifted wheat. It would blow off by the wind and the grain would fall to the ground. Now, just imagine what this process looks like in the life of human beings. So the devil says, uh, I mean, Jesus said, the devil's going to sift you like wheat. What does that mean? You're about to get beat. It's going to beat you, throw you, and let wind separate it. Get all the bad out of you. Then the good is going to have to fall to the ground. That's going to hurt. Peter's process to get rid of his selfish ambition would be a tough one. He would be openly rebuked by Christ for cutting off an ear. Remember that? Then he would deny Christ publicly and watch him be crucified while remembering all of his broken promises and oaths that he had made. The Bible even says in one account that when he denied Christ, Christ looked at him. Did he do anything different than Judas? No. Betrayal is betrayal. But this was a necessary process. Judas, when he killed himself, he was out. Because it wasn't, God wasn't working no process in Judas. Judas' heart wasn't right. Peter's heart was right. Did the wrong thing, but his heart was right. People do the wrong thing sometimes, but their heart is right. This was a necessary process that made him see who he really was, so he could do what? Repent. The Bible says when these trials come, we should be what? We should be what? But we're we talking about being sifted, being beaten, being thrown in the wind, being, being falling to the ground. And we're supposed to be thankful for that? God is like, yeah, you're supposed to be thankful for that. Because that means I care about you. I wouldn't put you through no process if there wasn't an end to the process. That wasn't something I was trying to process and something I was trying to get out. 
so that I could keep the good wheat? There was no wheat in you. I wouldn't put you through the process. Nobody's beating chafe. They're beating it for the wheat. There is no sifting if there's no value. So you should be thankful. The Bible says when these trials come, be thankful. We should thank God for loving us enough to want what's best for us. He lovingly removes the selfish ambition out of us so we can truly be who he desires us to be. Peter was restored, and in turn, what did he do? He restored everybody, including you you read the Bible, Peter restored you. Including all of us that read his epistles today. Peter's sifting made him better and today it does what? Because Peter endured the process, went through it, stayed the course, came out all right. He made us all better. When we go through our sifting, we become better in order to help others become better. Oh, this is great right here because this is Peter. Now, listen to Peter. This is Peter after being sifted. But if ye suffer for righteousness sake, what does Peter say? Peter, happy are ye. Be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your heart. And this is the good one. And be ready always to give an answer to every man. See, he, he, did, he couldn't do this at the fire. He couldn't give an answer. They asked him, do you know Christ? Are you with Christ? No. But after he was sifted, beaten, put through his process. Now he's telling you, be ready when they come and ask you your reason of hope that is in you. With what? Not arrogance. Not pride. Who's Peter now? He's meek. And what? Fear. And Peter wrote all of this stuff and then they went and crucified him upside down. But he wasn't afraid. He was ready at that point because he submitted himself to the process. He went through the painful sifting. He came out on the other side and he said, now, not only am I ready to give an answer, y'all all be ready to give an answer. When they come. Amen. Everyone stand to your feet. We let God down sometimes. We let people down sometimes. Some decisions are hard to make. So we buckle in the heat of it. And we error. But for many of us, that error starts our process. Yeah. Now, you, this is the part that most people don't even think about when it comes to pastoring. That's why I don't even understand why folks just, oh, I think a God has called me. Man, get somewhere and hush. You don't even know. The part about a pastor is I have to listen to the voice of the Lord to know whether or not it is process or it is meant to destroy me. And there's no hope. There's no wheat there. And you know how I have to do it? I got to give everything.
everybody a chance. See, God doesn't let me know, no, he's a devil. He's going to try to take you out. And there's no hope for him. No, God doesn't do that. I got to treat him just like I treat everybody else. I got to like, what's my saying? Turn the hourglass over and wait it out. Because God's not going to let me know that. Because I'm not God. And they could change. Y'all see what I'm saying? That's the hardest part of pastoring. Because I got to treat, I got to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Even ones I know got a knife in their hand. I got to hope to God that they'll drop it. No matter how close to me they are, I got to ride it out. Because I got to give everybody a chance. But you know why I do that? Because God gave me a chance. There are people, there are people saw the knife in my hand. And I dropped it. And I got to give everyone that opportunity. Y'all understand that? So this is why we don't hold grudges and point fingers and bring up stuff that folks are going through. We concern ourselves with our own process. That God may get out of us what he wants out of us. Amen? Everyone bow your heads. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for this message. Thank you, God. Help us. Help us, Lord, in this hour so that we can grow and be what you want us to be. We can outgrow the opinions of people. We can outgrow betrayal. And like Peter, always thinking of ourselves and how we're going to look in front of others and what others are going to say and what other people are thinking about us. God, let your process continue. But I pray right now that the faith of these that have committed themselves to ABC would not fail. That they would be steadfast, Lord, as we all go through these messages to make us better. God, that their attendance will be better. They'll be here. That they would plug in and say, you know what? This is good for me. Let me continue. God, work it. Work, just work those bad things out of all of us. And make us like you want us to be, Lord. We submit ourselves to it. We submit ourselves to your truth, to your way. Make us better. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everyone lift your hands. And God, right now, Lord, as the year is about to end and Christmas is coming and all of these things, Lord, we want to just say thank you. Someone sent me a video of the brothers working on this empty space back when there was nothing in here. And now we're walking around on beautiful carpet and beautiful sound system and stage and crown molding and speakers and lights and wonderful office and facilities and space to do whatever we need to do whenever we want to do it and it was built on truth didn't have to lie to get it didn't have to cheat didn't have to compromise didn't have to change what was being said God so many preachers told me you will not be able to even move out of Arrow Drive if you keep preaching creation roles and God you upgraded us we're not lacking financially You've given us everything because we stuck to the truth and we stayed with the truth. 
Help us continue, Lord. Help us continue in the truth. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for standing by your word. Thank you that your promises are yea and amen. Thank you for being God of us, of ABC, of the heroes of P31. We thank you, Lord. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com. Dot com.